Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. So this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest is Jerry Bolender, the COO of um, ISSTracks.com, and the company itself is uh, Integrated sorry, Lab Sensor Solutions. So, Jerry, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell me, what's the premise of the company? What do you guys do? So, Lab Sensor Solutions tracks the temperature and location of perishable medical supplies so they don't spoil. Things like blood, tissue, urine, pharmaceuticals, uh, anything that could spoil if pulled out of you or put into you, like what we like to say. So uh, it's a um, it's a way to to ensure that things are held at safe temperatures or they're at the right place at the right time. Yeah, I guess that's super important. Um, what's the incidence of uh, lab solutions gone bad or specimens gone bad? Um, so specimens gone bad, uh, there's a wide variety of, of data on that. It generally depends on the specimen. Um, but the what's called the pre-analytical error rate, um, which is before it ever gets to the machine, uh, can be anywhere between 5 and 8%. Um, and that error rate could be as simple as, you know, the label was wrong or it held the sample in the wrong temperature or the sample didn't get there at time in the right time. Um, so there's a lot of different types of, of error rates. And again, it, it also depends on the sample, the type of sample. Some samples are super time sensitive, like cancer samples, especially blood samples for um, monitoring chemotherapy. Uh, and those error rates at times can be, you know, 35, 40%. So what what we are just trying to do is make a unified system to ensure that those things like blood samples get to where they need to go and are held at the right condition. Because the biggest error rate in the clinical laboratory, the pre-analytical or before it gets to the machine is sample handling. You know, they don't handle the samples right. So. Well, what about, I would think, hot climates and, you know, during the summer it gets worse, right? Yes. Yes, it does. Um, and that's uh, one of the things that uh, we see when we deploy our solution to, you know, to, to laboratories. Uh, we also see that uh, if it gets too cold, if you freeze things, they, for instance, biology, they, the cells can burst and, you know, it's not a good sample uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, heat is a big deal. So we, we tend to pay more attention to things getting too hot. So what do you do in um, warm climates or during the summer? You know, Florida, Texas, that kind of stuff. We uh, we put more ice <laughs> or more dry ice in the container. So our system will tell the courier or the lab staff that uh, hey, you need to put in more um, more ice, um, and we can trend it. So if it's a particularly hot day, we can say hey, bring more ice with you, and, and occasionally. Um, you know, we'll we'll also see uh, that uh, something will have to be rerouted um, because it's getting too hot and the driver can't go to the full route. They have to come back sooner. So 
we try to just make sure that there's again a, a margin of safety that the sample is uh, properly handled because that's the most important thing for the result um, bad results of the well, test how can you um yeah, how do you how do you track do you use gps on uh, you know on a container that carries a bunch of samples or you know how do you track so uh we we use the the mobile device that the courier has on them so our our solution uses bluetooth low energy temperature sensors inside the containers and our business the majority of our business the container is held in close proximity to a courier so uh pretty much every sample that's handled um is in intimate contact with the human uh when it gets picked up and then when it gets dropped off so uh we don't have to really worry about you know having gps on the sensor we use the phone because we we need to know that the container is with the person that's another important thing that the courier picked it up and the courier dropped it off and we know that by you know the, the phone picking the sensor up well what happens if you get a courier that like sits there texting and while the the you know the container of all the samples is sitting there in a the car you know baking or in the sun or you know who knows so uh we we monitor the um the phone will send the temperature data and the location data up to up the cloud and then we will send out alerts to not only the courier but the dispatcher and the supervisor so our system is set up to have alerting so that when temperature hits a certain point um alerts go out and usually what we found is that when the text message goes out to the supervisor the supervisor calls the courier and says hey what's going on your your samples are too hot we also provide notifications on in, within our app so the courier will know if something's going wrong so what is this uh, done to the error rates you know how many couriers do you have this um out to, out to and using and what is what have you seen in the error rate reduction yeah, so we have about a dozen customers all around the country. And uh, what we found is that uh, within about two days, two to three days, we can get the uh, amount of excursion of temperature uh, to go from, let's say, before measuring, what which it's hard to measure before measuring, um, but we see correction uh, anywhere from, you know, three to five times a day, depending on the temperature. Um, and that's during an, like an eight hour shift, uh, whereas before there would be no corrections because no one would know. So in terms of being in compliance, uh, we've seen uh, compliance levels go up uh, from what they were before our system or when we just monitored without, you know, people paying attention to it or without correction, you know, compliance levels of, let's just say, uh, you know, there'd be events during the day, maybe five to six events where somebody needed to have, you know, do something. Um, and then a couple of days later, we see those events go to zero. Like they correct them before they happen. I mean, obviously there's a distribution of, couriers and and you know sometimes some are better than others but in general we see a dramatic reduction in uh, out of compliance uh you know some of it well i would think the, there's um there's number of temperature of excursions and then the duration of the excursion and then the delta of the ideal temperature versus the actual temperature so i would think there's yeah. like more factors so have you noticed you know how have all those three parameters changed in the aggregate 
Yeah. So what, what we've seen is that uh, since there's a feedback loop for the couriers to know, hey, I need to add more ice and when to add more ice, um, we see the duration of out of compliance a lot less. I mean, sometimes it never goes like there's days where it never goes out of compliance because, you know, they, they're managing it. Um, and then the times it does go out of compliance, the amount of time out of compliance is very short. So our, our sensor can sense the change in temperature and report it back, you know, every five minutes. So whereas before it could have gone a whole, it could have gone, you know, a whole run, which a run could be 30 minutes to an hour and a half to two hours uh, without knowing. Um, with our system, within five minutes, we know, okay, something's wrong, and then add ice or go back to the, 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 the you know, the, the lab. So, yeah, I mean, quantified, the, the amount of time, the amount of duration, it's out of compliance is, is reduced. In some cases, it's eliminated, depending on how good the courier is. The number of excursions are, you know, significantly reduced or completely eliminated, again, depending on the courier. Uh, and so that's a, you know, anytime there's a feedback loop where people can correct themselves, we find that it it's a great, a great solution because now they have the data, you know, they can take action. Yeah, it makes sense. So what's, um, how do you monetize this? Is it the labs paying you because they have a lower error rate? Is it the doctors? Is it, uh, you know, who pays? And obviously we know who benefits patients, but. Right. Um, so it's, there's two Two main people that pay for it, uh, the courier, if it's an outsourced courier system, a lot of times laboratories, as an example, will outsource their courier um, function, basically the people that pick up the boxes full of tubes. Um, and so in that case, the courier company is our customer and the end customer, the lab, um, due to regulatory requirements or due to just best practices for logistics and transportation require that the courier um, provide this sort of monitoring. Um, and then we've seen, you know, labs themselves with their, when they have their own internal courier system, like employees um, will, will pay for the monitoring. And the monitoring is obviously helps, you know, um, patients, but it's also uh, becoming more and more required in the regulatory environment. So uh, there's lots of, uh, lots of, discussion so to speak i guess that's a good way to put it of how to maintain yeah how to maintain temperature and sample integrity while in transit Uh, because they do inside the lab they have these massive you know refrigerators with temperature monitoring and so inside the lab it's well controlled outside the lab they don't know as much so that's why they use our system what's the consequence of a sample you know going out of temperature for a length of time so there's an error rate, but will people get false positives, false negatives? Will they get ridiculous data? What will happen? Uh, all of the above. Typically, it's a false negative, um, and it depends on the test. Uh, but a lot of times, it'll show a normal range of something where it could be abnormally out of range. And again, it depends on the test because the chemistry is different. There's lots of different types of um, uh you know, tests that run and, and all sorts of chemical reactions. And they put a lot of preservatives and different things inside, as an example, a blood sample. But generally what happens is the, it's a false negative. So like everything's great. And we all know that if it's, you know, false negative is in, in medical is uh, a lot worse than a false positive because at least then they could check again. So 
there has been cases where the numbers are just so out of whack, like you're clinically dead, <laughs> which you know, obviously you're not, right. uh, that they just retest, right? And that's that's a huge burden. Typically what will happen is the samples will go bad, there'll be wacky results, and they'll make you come back in for another blood test. And so I'm sure, I don't know if you've ever had to go back in for another blood test to get, you know, get pricked again. Um, Usually that's because they compromise the sample. Yeah, I didn't know that. And with time sensitive stuff, I mean, it could, it could be a huge problem for people if this happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're talking about cancer and chemotherapy, uh, those are the highest error rates. And it's partly because the chemistry of chemotherapy and it's, you know, how it, degrades and how fast you've got to get the sample into testing. Um, but yeah, there's, there's all sorts of, just all sorts of tests that really, you know, are time sensitive, temperature sensitive, handling sensitive. And if you don't get them at the right place at the right time with the right conditions, then the tests are wrong. And if the tests are wrong, your diagnosis is wrong because the majority of a diagnosis depends on blood tests, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just read a book on uh, the Theranos scandal. So um, yes, not yes. that they would not that they would have listened, but they certainly could have used you, and it might have unmasked the fraud earlier if they had, or uh, you know maybe actually made their product a real product. But who knows? Yes, yeah, it is. Um, the Theranos thing is very sad, but uh, I'm glad they they figured out that they were obviously couldn't deliver because you know it's not not good, especially in healthcare to have a promise you can't keep, you know, I mean, you know, people's lives are at stake, right? I mean, you have to be very sensitive to that and, you know, it takes time to develop these things and you want to make sure that you're not hurting anyone, you know? Yeah, definitely. definitely. So what's, what's next? Um, You know, you've got this system in place, which is great. Are you scaling it more or are there going to be new products that you're coming out with or new tweaks to it? Yeah, actually we, we are, we're, we're, we're looking to do some consumer products. Um, our, our technology happens to be uh, well suited for consumer medical products where, you know, the challenges of keeping things safe and close at hand and at the right temperature and with you, you can imagine there's lots of things that uh, people that have certain medical conditions will need um, close to them. Uh, and so we're working on that because what we found is that the um, you know, the laboratory business, we, you know, we know how to handle and know how to uh, report and the compliance of, you know, the medical arena is hard. Um, and to bring that to the consumer space just gives that level of comfort. I mean, this is proven in the medical harshest environments in the medical community. And we know that there's a lot of home medical uh, say materials, for lack of a better word that uh, families and um, individuals need to keep safe and close at hand um, because their lives depend on it. So we're looking to do more of that because, you know, we really want to help people live better lives. And, you know, all of us within the company have been, have had, you know, family members and sometimes ourselves been in the medical system. And we just know how frustrating it can be if you have to manage some of that yourself. And so, we sort of yeah. dedicated our career to, to helping that out. And so far, you know, we're still kicking along and still uh, still having fun doing it. So you said of all the uh, the tests you can have, um, the most sensitive ones are the ones most prone to error. 
because of temperature problems is cancer related ones and chemo related ones or are there others that are you know problematic yeah there's any kind of blood chemistry uh any kind of like levels of certain you know vitamins and minerals in some cases you know like uh, complete blood counts or things where if you get the if, if the if the sample gets cooked um obviously since it's a biological process i know i mean i'm sure if you've ever you know grilled a hamburger or a steak you know as as the blood in, in the thing gets hot it coagulates and you know you're not going to get a good reading you're going to get the proteins are going to break apart i mean and so that happens that's an extreme case right when you're cooking meat it's an extreme case but i mean in in the in the sample if it does get too hot things start to react it starts to coagulate you know and and so complete blood count could be off chemistry panel could be off you know chemo drug level could be off and that's even worse because you know chemo has kind of goes through the system in different ways and it could be affected by different things and so most important thing is, you know, you collect a sample, properly handle the sample, and test it as soon as you can. Right. Uh, and depending on what that test is, you know, the sensitivities could be, I mean, it could be all over the map. I mean, I don't know if the last time you got uh, your blood work done, but in some cases they take blood out of your arm and they wrap the tube in aluminum foil to protect it from light, as an example. Well, I, I mean, yeah, so... You know, if the light hits it, it's going to change the chemistry. You know, they do uh, ones with pre some preservatives to make sure that, you know, some of the proteins are there that are preserved. Well, you know, that doesn't get preserved right, or if that gets too hot, it's going to do a reaction. They'll have a reaction. They have, um, yeah. you know, lots, what, of, um, what, lots of things like that. What about uh, blood banks and plasma sensors? Are they pretty good on how they you know, collect and uh, get the fluids to where they need to go or they need help too? Um, so we, we have talked with um, blood banks, you know, whole blood is, is a perfect example, whole blood and plasma, um, where it's in a bank, it goes to an emergency room or it goes to a you know, hospital bed or a, a surgery theater. Um, and they, they do a pretty good job of, of um, transporting them back and forth because it's usually on demand. But they they also have been talking to us. We we don't have a, a customer in that arena quite yet. Uh, but they've been talking with us about okay, let's you know if if you, let's just say for example you were going to go have surgery, what they do is they say okay it's this kind of surgery, uh, we need five you know units of blood available for you. So if something mm. happens if you bleed right they have it there. Well they take the blood and put it in a cooler, you know in the operating room right. So now that blood's for you. But when you're done, let's say you only used one unit or two units, those three other units, they need to make sure, hey, can we put those back in the blood bank? Because those blood's valuable, right? Right. Um, and so they're, they do a really good job. Uh, most hospitals do a really good job because, you know, they it's an intimate thing. Like they take it from the blood bank. Someone walks it. Like organs are the same way. Like literally when you have an organ, it's in a Coleman cooler. And it's a human oh, transporting it on the airplane, right? I mean, like sitting right yeah. next to you. Um, but so, they're doing more and more of wanting to know, get more finer and finer granularity as to, oh, what condition was it in? Is this a good organ? Is this blood? Can we bring it back to the blood bank or do we have to throw it away? So they're, they're working on that. Okay. Well, very good. Um, 
So what's the best way for folks to get in contact uh, to find out more about your system and your tracking and to, you know, collaborate with you? Um, so our website, lsstracks.com, uh, is where our solution is. So um, that's the best place to, um, to see what we're doing. I mean, they can, they can email me. It's pretty easy. It's just jari at lssstracks.com. Uh, and, you know, we're, uh, we're out here in Silicon Valley, um, you know, trying to figure out how to take the technology that we have and, you know, use it for things that will help people. And so that's the reason yeah. why, you know, we go into medical and these new, these new markets and consumer to help people. But yeah, lssstracks.com is the best place to, to reach us. Okay. Well, Jari, thanks for coming on. And the work you're doing is very valuable. It's important, you know, uh, as we discussed why. So thank you. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, um, let's just make make everyone healthier again by making yeah. sure their samples are okay. So yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.